How's it going, Farhan? Hello, yeah, what's up? What's up, how are you? I'm very, very good. I'm also very, very excited to have our very first guest. That uh, is a fact. We are having our first Greg, um, first, our first guest on today. <laughs> We're having our first Greg. <laughs> 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 right. Definitely, definitely our, our, our first Greg. That statement also stands true. First and only, hopefully. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so as you know, the name of our guest is uh, Mark. Hi, Mark. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> I'm not Mark. My name is Greg. I uh, just introduced myself a little. I am 17 years old. I live just like these two wonderful hosts of this podcast. I live in New York City, and I have the misfortune of attending the, the same school as them, the uh, Brooklyn Latin School, which is situated also in New York, in Brooklyn. So that's a little thing about Whoa. If any person from the administration is listening to us, we did not mean ill harm. We love Everything we say <laughs> that is a negative association to Brooklyn Land School was meant with humorous effect um, for comedic purposes. Now yes, we must continue. Of course, we must <laughs> say that for all the reasons. Sorry about that. All right. So, yeah, so Greg, we're very, very excited to have you. We kindly asked you to choose the topic for a podcast this week. And I, I, I really think that it fits it. It's it's something that's definitely very interesting. Great uh, topic. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, great topic. Is is there a reason you sort of arrived at this? I, I mean, I think actually we should first tell you guys what the topic is for, for actually, this week's actually, podcast. Actually, why, why not let Greg introduce the topic since he proposes it. So Greg, if you'd go ahead and explain uh, sure. what the topic is for this week. Uh, I'd love to. So in essence, what we're going to be discussing a little is going to be the effect of technological progress and progress in general on our human society, on our you know total human history and our total human society. And I would like to bring mm -hmm. up just as a starting, a little story that... Yay you may or may not have heard. So once upon a time, a couple thousand, 10,000 years ago, there were two caveman tribes, the tribe of Grog and the tribe of Shmog. Now the tribe of Shmog <laughs> lived in this nice little, little type of, I guess you could call it a village, which was situated nearby the river where there was a lot of animals, where there were a lot of fish, good berries, good crops, paradise on earth. And now yeah. you have Grog, the Grog tribe, whose chief leader is named Grog. And Grog is a very sad and miserable person. He lives in the desert with, the, with, with animals dying of thirst, with his own fellow tribesmen dying of thirst, of hunger. And... He looks at Schmog and he thinks and he wonders, why can't I live there? So what do they decide to do? They try to go ahead and they try to take Schmog's land. Schmog, of course, is better well-fed people, better, more suited for, for, for the counteroffensive. He bravely manages to keep his territory. But Grog thinks of something different. You see, because... What Grog decides to do, he decides to take animal bones and use them as weapons. So he takes a big bone from a woolly mammoth. 
Now, I don't know where their woolly mammoth is in the desert, but you get the point. A woolly mammoth bone. And he walks up to Schmuck and he bashes him on the head. He bashes and bashes and bashes. His brains all fall out. Schmog dies. The Schmog tribe dies. It's expelled from the nice fertile land. And the Grog tribe moves in. Now, what I essentially described here is the Grog tribe discovering technology. And there is this technological progress that occurs because humans are not, they have not evolved to become uh, a certain, because humans have not evolved to really fend off uh, their enemies uh, well okay. enough, they rely on technological material, which we observe throughout history. Many times the side with the more superior technology usually wins, which right. explains a lot of the Greek wars against the Persians. It explains a lot of the later colonial conquests of East Asia, Africa, and the Americas. So technological material has always been a vital part of human society. And technological progress has really is it's it's the main difference between us as the people of Grog and us as us today, which is essentially what I want to talk about mm. with you guys. Grog and Smog, ladies and gentlemen, Grog and Smog, very insightful um, story. Yeah. A lot of I, I really I, I think that's a very interesting way to, to start it. Sort of phenomenal. The idea that so <laughs> I, I think it's a, very, it's a very interesting way to start it. The idea that technology. And technological, technological, I can't speak, technological advancements come from violence. And I, I believe it was something we touched upon on the first episode, where we talked about the computer and how it was developed during a, a wartime. World War II. World War II, yes, more specifically, thank you. The question that I want to frame for for viewers and not our viewers, our listeners. I keep on messing that up. For our listeners and for, for you know, both of you, is it better to be technologically advanced and in a way smarter, if that's a correct word they could use for that? Or is it better to be happy but ignorant and, you know, stupid pretty much? That, that's something that I want to frame for you guys. I feel as if the dislike of being unhappy is what brews technological innovation so that we strive to become become happier with these tools that we create for ourselves. One example that I want to give about what you had mentioned is um, Apollo 16. Like you mentioned how it violence, I believe not only violence, but generally competition is what brews this insane technological development. So Apollo 16, the first aircraft, you know, if you believe that, the, you know, the moon landing and stuff, it is the first proposed time that humans were able to land on the moon. Now, why did that happen? Because the Cold War, we were in competition with Russia to see who could traverse space quicker, right? So not that was not brewed out of violence, instead it was brewed out of competition, right? Well, that, I would say, I would say yeah. more, more out of conflict. Mostly, oh, like okay. it's, yeah, yeah. it's a combination of the two, definitely. But but when you when you think about it, now that I'm I'm looking at, at what you said with with competition, why do countries like South Sudan, which have been at war for you know mm. quite a lot of years, what is the difference between them and you know 
the United States and Russia, that they were able through their competition to create these new weapons, to create these new technologies. Oh. Why is it that them, they can create weapons, they can create new technologies, but countries like South Sudan, which have been at war for a long time, they can't. And I, Greg, do you want to answer that question? Well, it's certainly a very interesting question. And I believe that, you know, it, well, there's certainly a lot of theories that explain uh, why certain countries have an upper hand in technology compared to other countries. Mainly what, what, what comes to mind is, I, I, I believe it's Jared Diamond's book. I can't remember the name of the book, but he argues that it, that, that it largely depends on agriculture of, and the geography of a certain mm -hmm. area. Now, how accurate that is, of course, it's disputed. However, I believe that it really depends on case to case. Like countries like the United States, and in this in in, in this example, we're speaking of the Soviet Union. They had years to to develop technology since well, the United States was established in 1776, and Russia started to become an empire in the early well, depending depending on the source late 15th century or early 17th 18th uh, excuse me so they've had enough time to really develop industrially which is a key factor of technological progress is the industrialization of a nation the more industrialized a nation is the more likely it is to produce new weapons produce new technology and to i would i, I would use the arbitrary word of um progress it would progress into a more technological state Compared to South Sudan, South Sudan, although it may be at war, its history compared to these two other countries is extremely, well, much shorter when South Sudan was formed as a nation. Firstly, it was formed a nation out of post-British colonialism. And actually, secondly, it was formed because of post-British colonialism, if, if uh, you, you get my meaning. So definitely South Sudan had a lot of things that Russia and the United States hadn't had in their history. But I find it I find it interesting how Farhan you mentioned that or Elkin that happiness is really like you know technological as 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 more technologically literate we get the less happier we get, which I believe is something that occurs in modern society and the modern world compared to the antiquity and, and the ancient world. Sure, of course. Right now in the 21st century, we no longer have devastating wars, devastating sieges compared to like those in World War I, the 30 years war, World War II, and well, a whole um, plethora of a number of different wars. We no longer die of disease at a, very, at a very early age. Women are no longer dying at childbirth. People have a general, they generally have a larger lifespan, of course. However, nonetheless, we as a society have become extremely, in my opinion, what's the word to describe it? Reliant. Reliant. Probably. Reliant yeah. on, on everything around us that's out of our control, if that would make any sense. Yeah. Actually, I'd like to add on to that, if I may. So we see the technology. What if we unintentionally create weapons out of technology? Right. I mean, we have rifles and bombs and such, but something I'd like to bring up is like social media, which is which is a, a very controversial topic. But if you look at the statistics, the founding of Instagram, 2010 or so, the the emotional well-being of teenagers uh, like ourselves 
has drastically declined since, you know, the boom of social media and such. In fact, the, I believe that the suicide rate or the attempt, attempted suicide rate has risen about 189% since from 2009 to 2020. And also, I'd like to add the, the point of unintentional, unintentionally creating weapons. We, it has gotten to a point, I think, that we have no control over what these systems can do. Right, like there's no person at Google or there's no, there's no organization that can control how people interact with each other on social media, which brews this uncertainty in, um, between people which can collide and, and in many cases result in, in general unhappiness and emotional, just the lack of well-being. It's really interesting, the fact that we're going into discussing about technology as like something that gener generally makes people unhappy. I was I, I was reading uh, a book by H.G. Wells, the, the Time Machine, a while back, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he discusses a completely like different idea of of what technology actually does, and I think it's very interesting because it goes completely against what you guys are saying, and it but it still makes sense. What you guys are saying makes sense, mm -hmm. but this one doesn't make sense, in the in the sense that we have a society so far in the future that has been so technologically advanced that they pretty much no longer die technically like out of the seas and stuff like mm. that they've become immune to like pretty much everything there's like food growing out on like the trees outside and everything you don't need there's no struggle in life there's no sadness there's no nothing there's only a constant state of just i wouldn't say happiness because there can't be happiness without sadness you don't know what the feeling is but just like a constant state of like sort of like a normal thing where if you're hungry, you go outside and you eat. If you're tired, you take a nap. If you're if you want to take a swim, you go take a swim in, in the lake. But these people are pretty much children. Like the 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 when the main character oh. controls to the future, they're essentially children because he sees them. They have really short attention spans. They can barely communicate with each other because they have no need to. Like I, I'm hungry, oh, okay. for example. That's not something that you say because there's food outside. So there's no need for that. There's no need for anything. Therefore, there's no need for communication. But what's interesting is that basically humanity has broken into two species, which is the species that I just described, the, the happy ones, per se. And then you have a sub, sub like subterranean species, like human species that they, they derive from humans, that these people they didn't have the same sort of privilege of like technology as the other people. So what they do is they live in the shadows pretty much and they go up and they, they kill the people that are living, the, the happy people, they kill them and then they eat them. Oh, what my question wow. is, well, yeah, it's, it's a very dark book. <laughs> Would did they become ignorant? Did they become the way that they were because they were too reliant on technology? Or is it just like the way that humanity is going? That's just the path that we're going in. Where okay. we, we, we have vaccines, we have vaccines, we have a, a, a reliable sort of like stable society pretty much. Although I wouldn't say that in, in the last couple of months. Okay. But we at least we have a more stable society than we had before in, in ancient yeah. times.
what's interesting is the um, the comparison to children i found it extremely thought-provoking because when you're a child right say five six years old you have parents they take care of absolutely everything for you food shelter i mean if you're if you're in a privileged position where you can you know uh food water shelter entertainment in the best cases education and in this society we never progress in in that hypothetical society we never progress from that stage of childhood perhaps because the society itself has become our parents because yeah, the definitely. society itself takes care of our food shelter water entertainment education actually no lack of education because we simply don't need it anymore i i mean i've got to agree with you there that i believe that we're coming a dangerously i mean we're coming i, th- I think that overall it is inevitable that the mm. as as because compared to well physically speaking if, if if we don't touch upon mental well-being or things like that physically speaking we're living in the garden of eden compared to the the, right. the primitive right. man from or grog from god knows when and mm. to them in their perspective we may be already living like children like personally i don't go i'm i i do not need to go out and i do not need to hunt for a deer in order to survive or in order to yeah. feed myself I, I, i don't have to go ahead i don't have to build myself a house physically i don't have to well cooking your own food you can do it as simple as just putting it in a microwave or putting it in the oven and we have compared to the primitive man we have reached a state of infantilization and maybe in the future we will look back on people maybe in the future we will look back on people our future generation and we will judge them as them being as as them living in a state of 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 childhood which is i think is just the natural progress of humanity and of human human civilization in general and then all comes crashing down it's a natural flow of things something well you notice it not just in human civilization but you notice it in your life as well something good is about to happen and then bam maybe something bad maybe something even worse and then something good happens and then something bad so it 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 it, it is a natural flow of things and i think that well the world is headed towards infantilization because once we cure every single disease which technology the the, the notion of technology assures us that we will be cured of every disease we will, will every all of our um problems will be tranquilized all boredoms right. will be entertained everything will be uh utopian like in hgl's book then Mm-hmm. there is no struggle anymore there is no struggle to live what does man become without struggle back in the soviet union there was a popular saying mm-hmm. struggle made man out of monkey boredom turns man into a monkey or a monkey into an ape or 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 essentially from the man so it it is definitely important for there to be some type of struggle for there to be some type of battle occurring or else everything just falls apart So I this this notion that when once you reach your goal what is there to do if we shift a little bit our attention to like modern day and we see famous people thinks people that we think have this utopian lifestyle per se committing suicide right now why is that now something that could be theorized is that they've they've hit that goal what what after like what now after i've after i've 
I'm reached this goal. I have so much. I have this much money. I'm this famous. I have all of this, all of that. What now? They they fail to find a purpose in life, and that's why many lead themselves to such a fate. Right, Elkin. I don't think that they have. They they don't have a purpose in life. I think that they reached what they believe was their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And right. what I what I what it makes me think about is when we have reached the point of I'm as high as I can be. There is nothing else I can do. I've reached the last frontier. Is is there a way that we subconsciously give give ourselves these like problems that don't really exist? So, for example, mm. with let's say, in order in like in order to keep ourselves sane, pretty much, because we've gotten used to like tragedy, we've gotten used to being worried about things. But when we reach that point where we don't have to anymore, do we as humans subconsciously do it? Because it's just something that happens, therefore we're used to it. I do think, either way, I do think that both of you have a point how, um, well, just to further elaborate on it, I might as well. The the more rich, let's say historically speaking, the more rich an aristocracy gets, or the more rich a certain type of, or, 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 or the more comfortable somebody gets with their position. Uh, the more decadent they become, they start spending more money. They start throwing parties, doing drugs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they usually crash and collapse. The, 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 more, the more power somebody gets, the more in control they become, the more ignorant they become. Not exactly ignorant, but the more careless they become. They become, they, they become sloppy. Whereas if you have a struggling aristocracy, if you have a struggling type of group of people that are trying to achieve something, that are trying to achieve a goal, and this is why I believe that currently, uh, which is in modern society, like I feel like the, 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 the importance of a goal is extremely downgraded. Right now, everything is materialistic. Right, right now, right. everything is about right. money. You get more money, so you mm-hmm. can do this. The more money you have, the more of a person you are. Uh, if you have no money, you're not a person. Sure. If the, the goal cannot just be pure wealth. In my opinion, the goal has to be something above, something important. That is uh, before, at least uh, primitive man. Primitive man's goal was to eat, sleep, build a shelter, reproduce, die. Really simple life, really easy life. Right now, those are not exactly goals, but those uh, 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 eating, sleeping, if you're an average American, let's, let's just say, let's just talk about America in this situation. If you're an average American, then it's really easy to uh, fulfill those type of goals, those primal goals, the right. goals that, 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 that we used to have. And besides that, what I believe is happening right now, a lot of people, they don't see, they don't see any, it's, it's an existentialist void. Man, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I made this very arbitrary connection where it seems as though when someone becomes extremely wealthy, materialistic, as you said, they, and they start to get away with things. They start to get away with things. And what they, I believe, try to do is test the line that they can cross. Like, can I cross this line? How does it affect me? Okay, I've gone over this. How much farther can I go until it backfires? I believe that technology has brewed this sense of entitlement in regards to like our fundamentals as human beings, food, shelter, sleep, as you mentioned. So we constantly 
you know, if you're in a privileged privilege position, position per se, try to see how far we can go. You know, how far we can take this until it all just ends. I, I think that's very interesting because what I was saying before about like how when we've reached the top, we sort of like subconsciously give ourselves like these problems and like these things that we are going to try to overcome. When in reality, there are no problems. We, we don't need yeah. to create them, but indeed we, we still do because we, we need them as human beings. Right. I think when you reach the point of like, you're rich, you have nothing, literally nothing else to do. When you've reached that, that point, pretty much like, okay, I'm going to try to do something horrible and I'm going to try to fail, at, at least subconsciously. Yeah. Not that you're saying that to yourself, like you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm, oh. I, I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to do it. But subconsciously, you're like, I have not, I'm going to do something very, very dangerous, but I'm hoping I'll fail so that I'll create more problem, problems and I can try to get oh, back okay. to it. There's top. a high that is being pursued so, i think in this situation yeah, exactly. like th this type of normal ri you're rich you have you, you've achieved you have all the money in the world you want you have your own island you have your own <laughs> you have your own boat you have your own airplane it's it's you you have members of the u.s government inside your pocket you have you have the most power that you could possibly have so what happens then because again we we have People want to go forward, yeah, so. forward, 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 or more, 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 more. What happens is that get into these perversions, get into these disgusting, vile activities that occur. And so, uh, if I, if I may, it seems as though what Elkin, if I could summarize what you're trying to say, is that once we have succeeded, what we aim for is to fail or once we have succeeded, we try to fail so that we can succeed again. Because our primary goal is to succeed, whether it be through actual problems, tangible situations that um, may improve the lives of us and others, or conflicts that we have created and conjured for ourselves to give us the satisfaction of, oh, I find I've done something, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Because it puts into it puts into perspective how we create technology for, first to solve a problem, right? But sometimes you may even, maybe unintentionally, subconsciously, as you said, create technology to create problems of which we will solve again with more technology. You know, we see that with so many things, such as conflict and war, foreign, foreign, you know, and then we also have that in the internet a, a lot as well. But if you go the internet, yeah, 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 of course, I'm there. No, 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 you're the guy trying to speak. <laughs> the internet, I feel like before, with, with, with the creation of the internet and the invention of the computer, a new era historically has begun. Right. A new era where nobody can hide. Everything is, uh, I, 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 again, I don't want to seem like some type of QAnon conspiracy <laughs> theorist that, that says that they know everything. They listen to your phones. They look at your cameras when you're sleeping. They know all your deepest <laughs> yeah. and darkest secret. But nonetheless, nobody can really, it's, it's very difficult to isolate yourself from the internet. And it's very difficult to isolate yourself from technology in general because our whole entire, whole society is built around nowadays the internet. Nowadays, especially because of the coronavirus. Like schooling, that's internet. Mm -hmm. uh, For uh, sure. If, if you want to buy a, a, a Christmas business, business internet, Christmas gift, 
What are you gonna go to a store now? They're all closed down. You gotta go on the internet. Even if I may add grocery shopping, which is completely bizarre to me. You know, Instacart, that's such a bizarre app. It's like grocery shopping is such a mundane thing, but now we can order food from an app on our phones without having to get out of bed. Well, compare that, that to yeah. what Grog and Schmog oh. had to do in order to get their their basic needs. So so the internet really revolutionized a lot of things and it, it, it it's very difficult to really imagine a new future because of this. It could go either way hmm. because it's like a big aquarium and we're a bunch of fish. The aquarium fish. could be however big as you want. You could go around everywhere. You could swim around everywhere, but it's still, you're still trapped inside the aquarium. Right. And it's not to say that we're all slaves to the system necessarily. However, what, what can a fish do in order to leave the aquarium? How will it leave the aquarium? It's very difficult for a fish to leave an aquarium. They have to jump out, flop out, and then like in Finding Nemo, you get flushed down the toilet or, or something like that. So just like, just like bring an analogy to Finding Nemo, it's really difficult to escape from, um, from society in general. Unlike what it was before, prior to the internet, and honestly, prior to industrial society, especially. Like, let, let us even say 16th, why even 16th, let's say 19th century. The whole American dream, what was it based on? It was based on moving to an uncolonized, untouched world for European, settling and creating something, building something, making a house, like starting like a completely new life, not part of that new, not part of that status quo that was before. It was the ultimate escapism. You could escape into it. Nowadays, well, where are you going to escape to? You can go ahead and you could go, ahead, you could live inside the, right. in the woods or inside Central Park. I'm sure it's big enough and, and, and survive off <laughs> berries and raccoons and whatnot. Of course you could do that. However, we're all part of the same network. It's literally like a net. It's a net that holds you in together. Just, right. just, ju just to finish that off. Now the uncolonized frontier, if before it was, before it was just new lands, such as the Mongols, they could go ahead to, to, or the Vikings to escape from their cold North homeland where it falls under freezing every summer. They can go ahead, they could raid and they can settle in Southern lands. Or before, if a European wanted a new life, go ahead and move to America. Now the new frontier is other planets space now whoever has the monopoly over the space trade and the space business i i think we all know <laughs> as of now as of today i think elon musk I, I i i think so as of today elon musk january 2021 elon musk has surpassed jeff bezos in wealth so elon musk is now the richest man on both planets <laughs> maybe soon maybe mars and Earth. <laughs> mm, that is very interesting that you brought that up. The only it, you know, sorry, yeah. sorry, go ahead. The um, what you've mentioned about not being able to imagine this future, like a different future, is very interesting because even Elon Musk. Have you guys heard of like this Neuralink oh, project where he was he's gonna insert a, yeah, a chip yeah, into yeah. your brain and and you could telepathically communicate with others, play music straight into your head. Just thoughts become words, sounds become music. I believe that what defines technological revolution in this today is how fast we can communicate. The bandwidth between communication from one person to another. 
right? So like right now, I am talking to you and you at the same time, meanwhile, being in, in, in um, relatively far relatively um, distance from each other. But far. however, yeah. Very, very, very far. Yeah. Very far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I screamed, you guys couldn't hear me, but we can communicate with each other because of technology. Now imagine a world where no matter where you are, what device you have, what anything, you can instantly communicate not words instead thoughts because we have to recognize words and thoughts are very are two very different things because our mind has to process thoughts into words and then communicate them to others imagine a world where we can transfer thoughts between one another instantaneously without having to articulate them or you know having to process them in any way it it'll be it'd be as you said the near the new frontier i believe if that is um the future we're headed to and also one thing i feel as if technology has nullified our physical like the things we evolved to do right like for instance like you said um greg you don't have to get up and you know go outside as much because because of technology because of communication but we've been but we evolved to chase after mammoths and elephants and anything with me you know we evolve we in fact force ourselves to keep ourselves in shape with exercise exercise for us is what would have been chasing mammoths for the primitive people i i definitely think that it's actually very very complicated because the 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 thing with new frontiers is that you need technologies in order to get to them the only reason why we ever conquered not we, actually, we, as in my country, we were the ones who were conquered. The only reason why the Spanish and the the, the people from... Right, <laughs> 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 you see, you see, if, exactly. if we had Neuralink, right, right, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to, like, we actually all, articulate that telepathically understand you, know, you, you just instantaneous. Yeah, yeah, in fact, this this podcast would just imagine what a podcast would be if Neuralink existed. You wouldn't be listening to our annoying voices. You'd just be, we'd be transplanting the ideas into you people. In fact, again, you know, going back to that concept of not nullifying the things that we were evolved to do, talking. We 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 evolved to talk to each other. That's why our brains are programmed to talk to each other to communicate ideas and things necessary for survival. But that goes away one day. We no longer need to talk. And then turns out we no longer need to hear because everything's just being planted in our brains. What do we need to hear for? We no longer need to see because everything around us has been, how do I say, digitized per se. And that's not the correct term, but ethereal perhaps. I had yeah. I had a big brain moment, bro. Like I know it's a dead meme, but like okay. I, I feel like it's a really big brain moment. Okay, go on, go on. Inception. All right. So basically, oh. what, Inception, what Inception did was that they went into each other's dreams, and they planted like a thought, like an idea, into the mind of of this guy. I forgot the exact plot, but they they planted an idea, and then that that idea grows into something bigger. So mm. what, I'm, what I'm thinking now, connecting it to Neuralink, 
look at the effect that social media, as we were discussing before, look at the effect that social right, media right. has on a person. The effect that it's having on teenagers, like with the depression and, and the suicide rates. If that is the effect that we get from reading words and seeing photos, imagine the effect mm. of things being directly transmitted to your mind. I mean, right. it's really difficult oh, wow. to imagine. You know, now, uh, it is it, because you, you, you aren't transplanting anything. You have to, it's, it's, it's just thoughts. But either way, I believe, like, you know, even if all this happens, there's no way to stop it. This is going to happen either way. Yeah. You have, you, you have a group of people that say, oh, yes, Neuralink is good. We should, we should all chip ourselves. And if they think that that is so, that's so. They, you have people that are saying, oh, they're, they're just trying to control us and make us part of, of, a, of a large network corporate type of right, hive right. mind because they watch too many movies where all this happens, <laughs> which whatever, whatever the criticism is, technological progress cannot be stopped by any means necessary. It has not been stopped by any means necessary. You've had, you have big setbacks such as Julius Caesar burning down the mm -hmm. Library of Alexandria. Uh, certainly a large, a large setback in terms of technological uh, progress. Yeah, progress. but nonetheless, we still progress forward and forward and forward because if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. Before, I like that we started off with saying about this talk about the Soviet mm. Union and the United States because the main thing with the space race and the arms race and all these other races was that if we weren't going to do it first, they will, and then we we're going to be we're going to be ruined. Which causes industrialization, which causes uh, uh, revolutions and coups and change to happen. Not always, not sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, depends on the perspective. But very large events occur because of this. And to top that off, right now we're living in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a well, the concept, the idea of nation no longer, no longer has the same meaning as it did before. The, 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 the world has become more connected, again, with the internet. It's been more global. We're entering into, into a period of globalism where, the, where it's now it's not, it's not between country and country. It's between company and company. If Elon Musk doesn't do it first, who else is? So this type of competition, this type of struggle, this type of end goal to, 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 to move forward, to, to, to Get that, get that promised land, like, like, like uh, back then with Grog taking Schmog's land. The same thing exists in us. I, I find it very interesting that you bring up, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Because mm. that is pretty much the fundamental reason of like why you want to get richer and like why, why people at the top do stuff like that, sort of. Because you be, you've gone up in a system where if I don't get richer, someone else is going to do it. I need to have the idea. I need to have, I need to have the innovation and the wits and the malice in order to get to the top. So when you, when you have such an, not egotistical, but like individualistic idea, individualist, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, such an individualist sort of process that when you get to the top, you've become detached. You no longer care about people. You no longer care about anyone else but yourself. So that's what gives them this sort of sense of, I can do whatever, the, whatever I want. I can, if I want to run a trafficking ring, I can do it. 
because it's not my life. It's only getting me richer. I mean, if we look at, I believe that it largely depends on the person. So I feel as if once you've reached a certain point in helping yourself financially with material, like, you know, materialistic expectations for yourself and such and achieving those goals, what becomes next, the goal is either to cause dismay upon the people with your wealth or, or to be more, how do I say this, a philanthropist with your, with your wealth. And so build hospitals or help people start foundations and such. Like as we see, like with Bill and Melinda, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation and such, because they're extremely wealthy people who are trying to give back. So it largely depends on what the person's view is on how they should help others. Because as, as, as soon as you're done helping yourself, you want to exert some, some something into the world, right? Whether it be negative or positive. But then the question becomes the Bill Melinda Gates thing. I, I don't personally like them, but that's just personal opinion. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, are you doing that because of like your moral values and because you truly do care? Or are you doing it for the sake of validation, for the sake of uh, hearing better than other people because hey look I'm donating to hospitals I'm building hospitals and they're doing a good thing I'm not going to take that away from them they are but are they doing it for right. the right reasons that's the question doesn't matter though if they do it for the right reasons but then again is Bill Gates actually building the hospitals is he personally going ahead and he's laying down the foundations putting up the, the scaffolding not 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 really not necessarily what he's doing is he's putting in the money into it similar like you put money into an investment just like let's say one would want to invest in apple tesla or, or stocks or a different type of you know company then it's the same thing here except now it's with the press now it's with people's opinions so they can go ahead they say oh yes you're a good person at least at least that's my way of thinking of it maybe it could be pessimistic maybe bill gates truly is a good person i don't really know but I, I really haven't seen a lot of good, honest people in, with a lot of money in the past. Hmm. I, I think the, the way that it boils down is, I don't, I don't, you guys probably do know him. So let, let's say like you have two different spectrums. You have Bill Gates and then you have, let's say, Biogenes, the, the philosopher. Like, he was pretty much living in like a barrel. Not pretty much. He was literally literally living in a barrel. Right. And he was like, you know, just like giving off knowledge to the people, which in a way it's 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 a contribution. Not you don't need to have monetary contribution. You can also have like mental and like just educational contributions. Is it better to be a Diogenes or is it better to be a Bill Gates? So I feel as if it it really depends on your personal views. If you if you're striving to satisfy yourself personally and on a personal basis, then Diogenes is clearly the better option because there's less to compete with. So there's less of a need to succeed if there's no competition. If you if you live this life of you have no regard for others or the other, um, the opinion of, the opinion of others towards yourself. But 
if you if your desire is to help others or something along those lines then being a bill gates type character even though you know the whether or not the effectiveness of wealth and you know it creating benefits for people is controversial that is the way to go i believe so I think we've moved past an era of Diogenes's, Aristotle's, Plato's, and other philosophers of that area. At this point, I feel that whichever floats your boat, if you want to become a Bill Gates, you have the absolute, you, you have the possibility of becoming Bill Gates. Uh, it's a, maybe it's a very slim chance. Maybe you won't succeed. Most Possibly you won't succeed. Most likely you won't. But becoming a Diogenes in this modern day and age, I don't think it's, I think it's past, it's past those people. We're living in a new society. However, we're living in a new society, but it's important to understand that we as people stay the same. We haven't really evolved since those days. We we haven't grown horns, grown a third, uh, third arm, uh, second nose, three ears. We, we, We haven't changed. We've, We've evolved technologically yeah. because because we don't need to evolve physically, and well, also because of the the time time span is of course very very little compared to actual you know evolution, but nonetheless you're a monkey in a tank or a monkey inside a, a mech suit. At the end mm. of the day, do you yeah. believe that we've reached the epiphany of, of human of human beings? I this think, is it. There's I nothing think else. We'll wait and see what can happen, but. Not to be pessimistic, but I think that the, the, the consequences of the technological progress are starting to show, and they're starting to show bad, because we started off with, with, with talking about teenage suicide rates and the rise of, of a quantity of people with, with depressive and anxious tendencies. It is not supposed to be normal. It's, it's not a good sign of a healthy society. You're right. It's a symptom of a disease, a disease which is, I don't think, is is really curable. I think that it's here to, st- it, it's, it only gets worse from here, I think. Not to be pessimistic, of course, maybe it gets better for a few people, but I think overall, for us mentally, for us as, as the, as for the non-Elon Musks, it's not going to get any better. Farhan, what do you think about that? It's, it's very funny that you mentioned disease, because... You previously mentioned how disease is um, this factor that, you know, technology implies that um, all diseases will be eventually cured. But then again, how I had previously mentioned, technology creates more technology, which creates conflict to be solved with more technology. That way, what we've essentially done is created technology that, that creates this problem of, you know, of a lack of emotional well-being. And then we don't know where we're going to head from there. But I assume, I assume that we're going to again try to solve that problem with technological innovation. Is it never ends up going with this? So we're going to try to get, yeah. It's, it's yeah, basically. It's never ending cycle. I think that we've essentially created a disease pretty much. Technology is, and not to sound like a boomer, but like, yeah. in a sense, technology has become a disease for us. Where we try to eradic- eradicate it in some way with new technology, but in reality, it's a mutation of that disease. And it continue it continues mutating and mutating because mm-hmm. eventually I believe it's gonna show us. With nuclear bombs and everything like that. Right. Like Greg said, the, the end is near. February 2021. But yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. see what happens then. Uh, 
great way to start yeah, the year, guys. I, I just want to say that we've ran very, very into our, our time limit. Overtime. Uh, yeah, we're really yeah. overtime. Hopefully, this is okay. If you guys like the longer episodes, let us know. If you guys like our guest, let us know. Even if you say you like him, we're still going to tell him you like him. But yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, we're going to be coming out with a new episode next week. I have Greg, one do you have any closing thoughts? That I'd like to end everything off with. So, yes. uh, ever since we've progressed into this new uh, technological future, this new technological utopia, we've become more detached from absolutely everything. We've become more detached from our, our tribe, and then we've become more detached from our family. We become more detached from our country, more detached from our land, our uh, culture, our our traditions. And I think at the end of the day, the final stage of this detachment is inevitable, and it's going to be the detachment from our own humanity itself. And with this question, with the with with the the consequences of technological progress and and this day and age, what will it mean to be human? We may we we may know, we may never know might be generations after that will finally solve this problem but i think that just to end on a pessimistic note yeah. like that for who me. knows i think that's a great note to end our episode on hopefully this episode got you guys thinking that's what we strive to do here elton would you like to say anything before we close this up not really a uh, great conversation again no, thanks thank for you, inviting absolutely me. amazing phenomenal very lucky very yeah, no problem. Of course. Thank you for the topic as well. Very pleased to have you as our first guest. That's it, everybody, I think. Right? Yes, go to sleep. Bye, everyone. <laughs>